beautiful soul family and welcome to the walk on podcast i'm Britt cannon and this is my attempt at demystifying spirituality and healing and personal growth um as well as social justice i think it's all entwined into one core truth which is that love is all there is. (laughs) Love is all you need. Um, I am someone who's struggled a lot in my life. I'm a life path 11. And if you don't know about numerology, your life path kind of tells you like, like your birth chart, uh, what your lessons that you're meant to learn in this life time are, what you're meant to teach, what you're meant to overcome. And 11's have one of the hardest life paths because we're meant to learn through our struggles. So it's almost like things are never easy for us. But because we have this beautiful power of um, finding ever-growing spirituality and self-love and because we, we can teach people through our struggles and how we've overcome... Um, It's actually an amazing role to play in this lifetime on this planet, especially during this great shift in consciousness of humanity that we're experiencing right now. Um, So this is the best way that I can think to kind of share these ideas and share my journey. I write, I have a blog, it's called Flight of the Final Girl on WordPress, but I haven't kept up with it much and I'll get into that in a bit. Um, I'm also a musician. You heard me at the top of the show. That's my song, Walk On, which is the song that inspired this podcast and has inspired a lot of my, um, the branches of the tree of my art. There's a lot of different things I do. Um, and the song is something that I wrote myself when I was at a really low point in my life. It was during my Saturn returns. Um, if you don't know what that is in astrology, it's like anywhere from ages 27 to 30. It's usually like your 28th year, but I've known a lot of people who would actually, you know, like you experience the shadow of the planet before you actually experience the, um, the event as it were. And then there's usually kind of a shadow period after the fact. So it can, it can kind of extend out a little longer than what it's defined as but it was during that period I lost um I ended my my longest term relationship my most serious relationship because I had changed and healed so much over the course of us being together that I just wasn't the same person anymore in a great way personally but in a way that felt almost like a betrayal to my partner. Um, And all of this is relevant to the the podcast because our, our society is so fixated on sort of permanence or in us identifying with the roles that we play to one another in society, in capitalism, and it keeps us stuck. 
it's the most stunting thing because you're not allowed to follow your intuition in these limited roles. You're not allowed to expand or grow outside of them. And if you do, then you're considered like almost like a liar, dishonest, or how dare you mislead me in thinking you were one way and here you are something else. Because the nature of our purpose here on this planet at its core is to get to know ourselves on the deepest, most honest level and to live that vulnerably out externally. Excuse me, as I'm speaking, like my throat chakra is starting to act up because um, this is my first attempt. Or this is actually my fourth attempt at doing this, but this is like this feels really like it. Like this is the one that's going to get released um, after pretty much a month of trying to do this and having hiccup after hiccup. This is the life path 11 way. We just everything has to be uphill. <laughs> Until you can learn to surrender, which I'm going to do a whole episode on at at some other point um so yeah my throat chakra is like we're speaking the truth now oh no (laughs) time to freak out um at the beginning of these episodes I kind of like to do a little bit of a guided meditation um just to like let the universe know that we're ready to have this conversation that we're ready to be present with whatever messages should flow between us I put the intention out there who where um this is meant for whoever needs it um whoever I'm speaking to, will find this podcast, will listen to this podcast, will receive these messages and will sort of filter them and and repurpose them to do their own teaching out in the world. Because that's what my main goal in this life is, is just to spread the gift of consciousness. Um, This mantra that I'm about to sing is a little something I composed for myself when I was having really bad anxiety attacks just to help me ground. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing to tune into the oneness that we all are, Um, meaning that outside of our ego mind, outside of these physical limitations of our bodies and the reality that we perceive, we are God. We are vast. We are expansive ever growing ever changing um we are everything we are trees and volcanoes and dinosaurs and the ocean and each other um so that there really is no separation separation is kind of the biggest wound that humanity faces because one when we're incarnated here we are not only suddenly separate from the universe which created us but we are also separate from our mothers who we've been living inside and that wound starts then as little children with that first cry when the doctors slap us on our booties and like we take our first breath we experience separation and those of us who experience heavy trauma it's just exacerbated and you experience this kind of abandonment externally meaning people always leave you or things always end or nothing ever is forever which all of these truths are actually really like beautiful fluid truths if you're in the place to receive them that way but if you're not they just feel like more abandonment more loss more heartbreak um and so this song or this mantra that's just titled mantra 
is intended to an ambulance is going by outside but we're just gonna roll with it going with the flow um this mantra is intended to remind you of who you are that's one of my favorite mantras remember who you are your god your source your everything um so as I sing this, I just like you to take some really low, deep abdominal breaths, close your eyes, feel where you are, whether it's like you're sitting in a chair or on the couch or laying down or washing dishes, feel the water on your hands. Just attempt to be really present with this melody and these words and your own breath and your own body, but also feel your heart chakra expand and take in whatever surrounds you into that space as yourself and feel what that love feels like. Just breathe in. I am the ground beneath my feet. I am the sky above. I am infinite. I am complete. I am love. I am Thank you so much. So walk on. What does it mean? It means that first and foremost, I feel that because of the way society conditions us, we are really taught, encouraged, conditioned, programmed to put other people ahead of ourselves. If you're like an empathic person, um, empaths, a lot of times struggle with codependence, um, which is codependence is usually a program created by our caregivers, um, specifically caregivers that encourage or force enmeshment. And enmeshment is where there's no boundaries between you. They maybe overshare, they rely too heavily on you, um, it just means that there's not a proper dynamic of like parent child or caregiver child. So the child is expected to kept to step into this role as caretaker, um, which essentially like robs them of their innocence of their childhood. Another kind of icky term for enmeshment, enmeshment is emotional incest, which is what it really does feel like. It's like your your boundaries are being violated before you even know you're supposed to have boundaries. And what that does is it creates adults that are out in this world who bend over backwards for other people who never reciprocate, who consistently fall for emotionally unavailable partners um, because that feels right that feels like natural and normal or you can uh, you can tend towards people who are emotionally very needy and very clingy and on all ends of the spectrum your needs aren't being met so one of the toughest lessons lessons for an empathic person or a sensitive person or even like a loving giving person to learn is boundaries and this is like kind of a tricky one because 
the way we see boundaries is kind of like ugly or selfish um, and the way that abusers that's how an abuser will always spin someone laying a boundary is they'll always spin it as you're being selfish like you're not doing what I want you to do how dare you not come through for me in this way like it's that's where emotional blackmail comes in and that's where guilt and shame are used to control be weary of anyone who seems to get off on making you feel ashamed or making you feel guilty because those are just control mechanisms. Um, So what codependence is really is a lack of self-love, a lack of sort of self-importance, not in the way that we define it in our minds, but just like you are the center of your own universe. That doesn't mean be selfish. That doesn't mean walk all over people. It doesn't mean use and abuse people, but it means that at the end of the day, if you're not making yourself happy, um, what are you doing? You know, all we have is ourselves. It should really be the relationship with yourself is your number one priority. And every other relationship will benefit if that is the case. I always say self-love is the best love because it makes all other loves more beautiful by proxy. And it's so true. Like I, in my own experience, I've seen this happen. I may have been surrounded by people in my former sort of life before my awakening, but I was constantly giving all the time, running myself ragged to the point of having chronic illness flare-ups or just emotional exhaustion or, you know, stuffing my own shit, my own trauma, my own wounds down in favor of helping someone else with theirs. Because I knew innately that my life purpose was to help people and to heal people, um, which was beautiful. That I'm so grateful to have always known that and have had clarity on that and to be able to have done that even when I wasn't in a healthy space. But the people that I was attracting who were attracted to me were people who really enjoyed benefiting from my lack of boundaries, who really liked taking everything I had, who really liked controlling me with guilt and shame, who really, um, you know, they... They just didn't have my best interest at heart. They didn't love me for me. They loved me for what I could do for them. And I still have run-ins with these type of energies in my life. And they're still very tempting to me, like a moth to a flame. I'm like, ooh, that feels familiar. Um, It must be love. And I have to check myself. And I have to pull plugs on these relationships. I have to walk on from these relationships. And I still catch a lot of flack for it. But because I have self-love, because I know that what is best for me is what I have to follow. No matter what, no matter what little gossip happens or what other people have to say about it. Like I know that if I'm acting from love, from respect, but mostly for myself and then, you know, I try to act with integrity. I try to be honest. There's a fine line here. You know, you never want to cross into like full selfishness or only thinking about your best interests. But if you're in a space of love, if you're like always coming from a place of integrity, if you're speaking from your soul, your soul will never lead you astray. They'll never have you acting up or like hurting other people. That's just not the guidance that any of us are being given. And if someone is acting in that way and acting like a spiritual person, then it's, you know, your actions got to match your words. Um, That's what integrity is. 
and people just have a really hard time with this because I think it's like everything exists in macrocosms and microcosms and the macrocosm of abuse is the capitalist white supremacist cis heteropatriarchy like that is the big bad abuser that's abusing all of us and then you trickle it down and trickle it down into our personal relationships and it's all the same kind of tactics it's all gaslighting and downplaying and um projecting you know the shit that they're doing they they put it on you they act like you're the one who's doing it because they can't imagine a world where everyone's not playing the game like they are they can't imagine a world where someone is just authentic and vulnerable and good at their core um so you know it's it's really complicated and it's really hard but the most beautiful gift you can give yourself is just digging deep and uncovering all the programs all the bullshit all the stories that someone else put there in order to make you feel ashamed so they could control you or because they had some concept of you that wasn't actually who you were it's just some fictional thing that they came up with and decided because you share their dna or because they were tasked with caring for you and did a good job or didn't do a good job. Um, they put that all on you as a burden that's not yours to carry. I get a lot of like clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient sort of downloads as I channel. Um, and right now I'm seeing the tarot card, the Ten of Wands, which is this card of this guy who looks really weary and really tired and he's carrying these ten giant wands. And he, the message of the card is, you know, you are carrying things that really aren't yours to be carrying, whether it's like wounds from the past, which that means like, like your mom abandoned you so you don't feel worthy of love. And so every time someone rejects you or abandons you, you take that as proof that you're unworthy of love, right? That's how these programs work. But that's not true because everyone inherently, just by nature of existing, is worthy of love. If you can't find anyone in your external reality to give that to you, give it to yourself. And I promise you, you'll care about getting it from outside sources less, but also it will come to you. Um... You could just have to control what you can. The only thing you can control really is yourself and your attitude and how you treat yourself and how you speak to yourself and how you protect yourself. If you weren't protected in childhood by your caregivers, then you super duper especially owe it to yourself to give it to you now. Meaning if someone comes into your reality who's not treating you right, who's undermining your confidence, who's making you feel like you aren't capable, who's treating you like you're not a good person or who's trying to basically like manipulate you into feeling worse about yourself so that they can capitalize on your energy more it's your job to get rid of them I know it's hard I know it's scary but like that's to not do that, to continue engaging with those people is further self-abandonment. And that's just going to create more of the experiences that have hurt you. Um, and there's only so much of that we can withstand. I've seen it happen with certain family members of mine who just stayed in these toxic karmic cycles. And if you don't know about karma, karma is sort of, it's like lessons from our past lives, but also lessons from this life. Uh, usually our karma lies in our wounds. So if you have a big rejection wound, you're going to face a shit ton. Almost like for me personally, rejection has been 
almost comically present in my life. Like it happens to me so much when I feel like things are sure, when I have like covered all the bases and it makes no sense for me to be rejected, whether it's like writing gigs or auditions or friendships or like relationships, whatever. Rejection haunts me. (laughs) Which is my, my new mantra is rejection is protection, honey. That is God saying, no, that is not for you. Leave that alone. Um, so yeah that's how karma works so if you have a rejection wound then you're just meant to face that you're meant to stop rejecting yourself and then it'll stop manifesting as much because you'll have boundaries in place that protect you and boundaries really even though they feel kind of scary at first because you're like oh god if I do something this person doesn't like then they'll leave me so that feels scary because you're scared of being alone but really boundaries allow us to be open and vulnerable because we can keep around the people who encourage that and protect that and respect that and wouldn't ever do anything to consciously hurt us and if they do do something to hurt us they'll genuinely apologize for it and change their behavior you see how this works um so they're kind of crucial because they allow us to be our full selves without feeling that guilt or shame um So one of the biggest ways that this walk-on concept is useful is in relationships. Many, most relationships, whether it's like friendships or family even, or coworkers, like jobs and bosses, careers, like any kind of relationship you have, most of them are probably not meant to be permanent. They're not meant to be forever. Um... Anyone I know who got married when they were like in their teens or 20s, early 20s, is unhappy in their relationship, to be honest, Um, because they instantly locked down the first person that gave them any attention, really. And now, because they have this title of married, feel like they're so identified with it. If they were to walk away and get divorced, then that means failure, which failure is supposedly unacceptable in this society. But I can tell you, I failed so many times. I've pretty much failed at everything I've ever tried. And each time it taught me a great lesson. And each time it made me better at the thing that I failed at than I was before I failed, you know? there's the universe really rewards courage and they really reward because I use they pronouns God to me also uses they pronouns because God is just a reflection of me or I am a reflection of God so when I say they that's what I mean they reward courage they reward stepping out of a comfort zone they reward simply throwing your hands up to them and saying i'm open to change i've made a mess of my life i'm unhappy please show me how to get me out of this like please help me fix this please move through me and i will accept the instructions i receive your truth i receive your guidance and i will follow um whatever you tell me to do <laughs> But we get stuck because we think we're stuck. And yes, of course, sometimes you are genuinely stuck. Like having being financially dependent on someone is the shittiest position to be in because you literally would have to sacrifice your home um, in order to get away from them. So like I, I'm not saying that I don't have any compassion for people who are stuck or think they're stuck, who might actually really truly be stuck. But 
I am sort of saying that if you open up to the possibility of change, if you can like see a future maybe where you're not with that person and you can start visualizing and trying to manifest it, if you can start healing the wounds within yourself that created that relationship in the first place that made you think that that was what you deserved, then everything just opens up so much better. And you start really, you shed everything that's not in alignment with your highest timeline, your highest purpose, your best hashtag best life, and all the nonsense falls away. I love the phrase, we're not creating something new, we're simply uncovering what has always been there. That's why like inner child work is so important. Usually our kid selves pretty much have a good handle on who we are. There's no shame in kids. There's no um, real self-consciousness in children. And there's also not a lot of expectation. There's not a lot of should. Of course, depending on your parents, sometimes that shit gets programmed in super early, earlier for some than others. Um, So it's not always the case, but Kids, for the most part, are pretty un- unapologetic about who they are. And we're, we, they, they gravitate towards what they're good at, what they have a predisposition towards, what is fun to them. And they do this all without any kind of worry about, like, will this make me money? Or um, I don't know if this is, like, the most responsible path or whatever. They don't think about that stuff. They just, they know what they love. Um, Like as a kid, I was always writing songs. I taught myself how to play piano when I was like 10 um, or maybe eight. I was really young and I was always like noodling on the guitar or making up little songs, putting on shows with my friends and like choreographing all our dance numbers. I got really into like film for a while. I've always been a writer. I've always kept journals, you know, like this is all stuff that I still love to do today. These are like where my career is headed and it took me a long time of working through what other people told me I wasn't capable of doing in order to get to a place where I can embrace those things again and see them as valuable um so moving on being able to change being accepting of change not being afraid of change that is so so crucial and it's not to say that you won't be met with negative feedback or with people projecting their shit onto you or people like sinking their claws into you and being like don't leave me i've had so many people try to tell me that me doing what was best for me because it involved walking away from them was self-sabotage and like self-sabotage is one of my wounds, you know? Self-sabotage is feeling unworthy for the good things that are coming your way. It's that thing where you meet someone and you're really fucking in love with them and you can tell they really love you and they want to take good care of you and like you grow together and it's like so effortless and wonderful and something in your head is like, run away, run away, run away, shut this down. You can't do this. That's that self-sabotage. That's because you feel unworthy of what that person is trying to give you and what they're making you feel about yourself. You know, it's like self-sabotage sabotage in its tiniest form is people not being able to accept compliments. Ugh, one of my pet peeves, but I feel compassion for it instead of frustration. But like, 
oh, it hurts me every time I try to tell someone how wonderful they are. And they just like shut every single one down like a, like the karate kid. They're like, block, 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 block. No, I don't want that. Don't give me any of that good energy. Don't make me feel good about myself. It's because they don't feel worthy within, which comes right back to that self-love that we're talking about. Self-love is something that you can nurture and foster within yourself, but it takes work and it takes responsibility. And it's almost like, a constant process because you always have to be unpacking like every time you think a bad thought about yourself you have to be able to stop it in its tracks or catch it Uh, you know anxiety kind of spirals is how I always experience it and then explain it to other people so like one bad thing goes wrong like say you wake up in the morning and your bank account is overdrafted unexpectedly and so instead of just being like fuck Well, I could either call and see if they'll take that damn charge off or like I can figure out a way to get some money in the bank. Um, But which is just like dealing with the issue as it comes. But what tends to happen is we, oh my God, now I'm not going to have that $35. And when I get paid, I'm already going to have lost money and I'm never going to be financially stable. And I'm a piece of shit. I'm so irresponsible with money. And my parents told me that this was the wrong course of action and that I would never be rich doing this thing that I love doing. You know, like we just spiral and spiral and spiral. So, and that can even leak into other areas. So like, even though it's a financial situation, then you'll start talking to yourself about how all your relationships don't work out and how you're alone and how you have no one. And you know, that's, that's how people get to the point of like wanting to commit suicide. That's those spirals where you just, you lose, it sucks you into this dark cave of just like negative self-talk, which isn't even negative self-talk. What it is, is just projections of the programs that have been put put in your brain by other people. People who are not an authority on you, like not even your parents are an authority on you. Parents very rarely take the time to actually get to know who their kids are. Like I said, they're all buying into and expecting you to be a version of yourself that has never existed. It's only ever existed in their minds. It's irresponsible, really. Um, But... It's about just embracing yourself, being being conscious enough of your thoughts and your thought processes to go, oh shit, that overdraft fee triggered all of my issues with financial stability. And I spiraled out and now I'm in the darkest place and like, whoops, I didn't mean to do that. So how can I fix this in the moment? Well, let's think some nice things about myself. Like, I am responsible with money. I just don't have a lot of it right now. Or, you know, like the system is fucked. Like overdraft fees shouldn't exist. This is unfair. (laughs) And I'm going to transmute this pain and turn it into tearing down capitalism. Or, you know, I'm a generous person. I love giving people my energy and undivided attention you know like even if it has nothing to do with the thing that triggered you just like give yourself some sweet words to counteract all that poison and I promise you as you catch these spirals as they're happening they'll get less and they'll go on for less time each time until genuinely honestly they stop happening at all it might take years you know that impulse to spiral is strong 
Um, and like I said, it's encouraged. We love it in our society. It feels good to us. It feels good to our ego to be really mean to us because it feels the ego is sort of separate from us. It's a part of us, but it's kind of, you know, we have two voices. We have our ego voice and we have our actual like higher self spirit voice. And the ego voice, every time the spirit voice takes over and shows us love and every time we step into love the ego dies a little and it never completely goes away we need it the ego can very much be your friend and a a wonderful tool if you're in the driver's seat but if the ego's in the driver's seat you're never gonna grow and you're always gonna be blaming other people for the shit that's going on with you and everything is just gonna be seem so much worse than it is Whereas when your higher self is talking, and you know, like I said, this is a constant process. Like there is no done with this. There is no done with healing. Those impulses and those programs are always going to be kind of lurking within you. Your ego is smart. It's very clever. It's always looking for cracks in your armor um, so that it can express itself. And it especially it's like the more awakened you get the more conscious you become the less you want to admit when you backslide into ego behavior but we always have to be checking ourselves and it's really a wonderful thing to do to take responsibility for yourself it's just like the most beautiful thing really is to admit that you were wrong because to admit that you've been wrong means that you now currently know more than you used to and isn't that the whole point (laughs) But people don't want to be wrong because we believe in permanence and because we identify with our beliefs too hard. I mean, I do think to a certain extent, like there is right and wrong in this world. Like if you're voting for an abortion ban, um, then you're wrong. If you're a white supremacist, then you're wrong. If you're a sexist, then you're wrong. If you tell people that their gender doesn't exist, then you're fucking wrong. Meaning like, in the sense, I don't think gender does exist. <laughs> it's it, That's an, a made-up duality, um, which we love in this world. We love creating false binaries because that's like limited human shit. Instead of seeing everything as a beautiful spectrum, we love to say this is this and that is that and that is it. But if you're telling people that like being transgender is not a thing or being non-binary is not a thing, then you're wrong. Like that is right and wrong. But, (laughs) um, so those are sort of, there's are okay to sort of identify with because they are truth. They're rooted in truth and they help us become more authentic. Sometimes having words or labels to describe something helps you ground it in reality. Um, but I'm saying like someone whose only identity is that they're in a relationship with someone else. That is such a precarious position to put yourself in, to have no interests outside of the relationship, no friends. And I've been here, you know, I've been this codependent person, no friends outside of the relationship, like no identity. Like if your partner isn't there, then you don't know how to eat. You don't know how to drink water. You don't know what time to go to bed. You know, like it's like you're so identified with that relationship where if it ended, you wouldn't know who you were. And I've been this person before, especially in my most toxic, abusive relationships. When that person left me, I was like, what? 
I don't know what I like to eat. I don't, I can't sleep without them beside me. It's a very strange to be a person, an individual with an identity. And you know it's in there somewhere, but you gave it up to someone else. Oi, don't do that. Or if you've seen yourself doing that, have compassion for yourself and know that it's coming from a place of deep wounding. And instead of shaming yourself or guilting yourself or yelling at yourself, face that and figure out what that is and where it's coming from. Because the danger of identifying with like a relationship or a job, you know, like I am a doctor, I have trained to be a doctor, you know, or like a CEO or whatever it is, um, then if your intuition starts pulling you in a different direction, you're going to fight it. And when you fight your intuition, shit goes to hell in a handbasket. Genuinely. <laughs> Uh, the universe doesn't really punish us, but when we're out of alignment with our truth, everything just feels wrong. Like our vibration just gets thrown off and we just, we can't find our footing and our energy gets low and then we start getting grumpy and then we get more and more negative and then the world reflects us that back to us. It's like that thing where like if you don't get enough sleep and you wake up kind of grumpy you go out into the world and people are acting up. Like they bump into you more. They cut you off on the sidewalk. The train is late. It's raining. Like your boss is shitty to you. Like whatever it is, it's just like one thing after another. That's what bad days are. Usually they're from you starting in a low vibrational place and then experiencing that. Whereas if you wake up in the morning and you're like in a great mood and you, you're like, it's going to be a great day. And suddenly you have all these beautiful interactions. This happens to me all the time. And it's like the more powerful you become with your energy, the more hardcore those bad days are. Like when you're out of alignment, you're really out of alignment. Um, so it's really important that we leave space and energy and, um, time and just like room to flow with our intuition, to flow with our growth and to not identify with things outside of us. You know, it's, it's extremely limiting and really dangerous to our own progress as human beings and, and to the relationships that we inhabit. Because if you're super identified with your relationship, you're going to be terrified that it's going to end. And that's when you start snooping on your partner and getting obsessed that they're going to cheat on you. And like, getting mad if they comment on somebody's post on Instagram like all that stuff is so unnecessary same thing with like parents and children what creates enmeshment is an over identification with the role of parent so if you don't have any identity outside of that one role what's going to happen when your kids graduate high school and it's time for them to move out are you gonna let them be free are you gonna cultivate a life of your own outside of them or are you going to be those hovering helicopter parents for the rest of your life um or are you going to discourage them from flying and living their best life because it's going to hurt you too much to let them go i heard once uh parental love is the only love where the goal is separation isn't that beautiful you, if you do a good job, then your kid leave you, leaves you. Um, that's pretty like heavy, you know? You should come to terms with that way before it happens. And how you do that is by prioritizing yourself, prioritizing your mental health, making sure you have ho- hobbies, making sure that you have an identity outside of that relationship because it's not going to be fair. Otherwise, you're going to put way too much pressure on them 
to fulfill those needs in you when it's really ultimately your job to do that. Um, one of the things that makes walking on easier for me is this concept of loving from a distance. We have unconditional love really poorly defined in our society. And I think this is another program because they want us to, they want us, they being like the big bad, you know, capitalist white supremacist heteropatriarchy, they want us to see only the physical. And I don't believe that they see only the physical. I believe that they manipulate our energies and harvest our energies um, in order to keep themselves more powerful. I mean, it's the way that we're all trapped in these jobs, you know, paying bills, paying rent just to feed ourselves, just to have a roof over our head in these jobs that are what? Like what even are most of our jobs? Like if you work in, it reminds me, I watch The Office a lot, like Dunder Mifflin, this entire company and this entire dichotomy is in service of selling paper isn't that ridiculous at the end of the day like to me even paying for food or water is like ridiculous it's like we live in the garden of eden and gaia provides us with everything we need and we're destroying her in return and then limiting our resources so that they cost more so cities like flint can be without water for how long people don't have clean water to drink but some people live in 200 room homes with a private jet and shit like it it doesn't make any sense to me it does not compute to me they want us to see only the physical so that we can't so that they continue exploiting us and so that we can never become empowered and one find happiness within ourselves find healthy relationships because happy people spend less money happy people buy less stuff um and happy people who are fulfilled and whole and who see through the illusions they participate in the system less and that takes their power away, you know? So they don't want us to do that. They don't want us to see that. So we define unconditional love as sort of putting up with someone's bullshit uh, indefinitely. And then people say, like, I don't believe in unconditional love. Unconditional love is bullshit. And it's like, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong because you are experiencing the wrong definition of unconditional love. Unconditional love is namaste it's that which is universal in me sees and respects that which is universal in you i am god and i see that you are god as well it's seeing that all humans even the quote-unquote bad ones i mean there definitely are some fucking terrible ones but most people are just wounded So it's seeing both the divinity and the humanity within them. It's not objectifying them in a good, quote unquote, good or bad way. Meaning it's not saying like, like members of my family who were horribly abusive to me. I see that the abuse was a choice. And so that's their shit. Like that is theirs to take responsibility for or not. It's none of my business. Like I've healed it in myself. I've forgiven them as far as like, I see their humanity. I see the ways that they were wounded, which caused them to act that way towards me. And in that way, I have compassion for them because we have a lot of similar wounds, right? We've just made different choices. And in some regard, like we had different tools um, as 
each generation progresses, they have more tools and more words. They benefit from the work that the previous generation laid down, you know? Um, so I'm grateful that I have more tools, but they, they're also divine. You know, they also came down here to experience physicality just like I did. And I see and respect that. And I love them for that. And every single person I've ever loved, I still love. You know, it's like how when you have a friend that you're really close with, but who ends up being toxic and you guys break up. But whenever you think of the inside jokes that you have with them, it makes you still laugh and it still brings you joy. That's because those moments were real. But when the toxicity outweighs the benefits of the relationship, then you got to cut it loose. You can still send them love. That's what unconditional love is. It's like, man, I hope that person wakes up one day. Man, I hope that person like heals one day and figures their shit out and stops treating other people the way that they treated me. I send them love. I send them healing energy and I really hope they get their shit together in this lifetime. Like that is unconditional love. It's not me staying in that relationship and letting them feed off my energy until I become a shell of my former self, sacrificing all of my potential in service of them. That is not unconditional love. What that is is self-abandonment. Unconditional love is loving from a distance. Um, I love my entire family. I pray for my entire family, but I'm not in contact with them because they don't love me back. They're actually incapable of accessing love. Is that right? Accessing love. Because they're too wounded. They're too lost in their trauma. And that makes me feel sorry for them. But like, it's not my responsibility to fix them. But that doesn't mean I don't love them. Does that make sense? Are you getting this? It's really crucial for me to get that particular message across because... I think that is one of those things that we become stuck with. It's like, well, if I leave this person, it means I don't love them anymore. Or if we break up, I can't love this person anymore. When I don't see that as the case, I think you can take the good, you take the bad, you take the rest, and then you have the facts of life. Um, It's much more nuanced. Everything is much more nuanced than what we make it out to be. And that is, again, another program that keeps us purely attached and sort of glamored by the physical loved ones who have moved on um death is an illusion when my i had this uh beautiful gorgeous amazing miniature long-haired dachshund named mercedes when i was she was with me for pretty much half my life like uh i think i was like 11 or 12 when we got her and i was maybe 26 when she died that sounds right um or maybe 25 but after she passed, I would close my eyes in meditation and I would feel her with me. She would come visit me. She would sit on my lap. She would lay her little head on my arm. She would lick my nose like she used to. And it was like she was with me. And that made me, And but I could also feel her energy like engulfing me. Um, it, so it wasn't even, it was more than when she was in the physical because suddenly her energy was all over me and it was the most beautiful thing. And I remember crying and saying to my partner at the time, Mercedes is so big now. She's so big now. And that is unconditional love. That is even loving from a distance to know that you can connect with someone even after they've left this physical plane. And all of us have the capacity and the, the, um, the ability to do that, to make that happen. It's just a matter of sitting down and doing it, setting the intention. Um, 
So you can absolutely love from a distance. And sometimes that allows you to love more because you're not constantly being hurt and triggered by this person. So you can be even more compassionate and even more forgiving. And you can really unweave, untangle yourself from the toxicity of their being and can really see them for the beautiful soul that they are underneath all of it because you're not constantly being hurt by them um and this is shit that like people just don't break down I don't know if it's that they don't explore this and don't think about it or if it's just like too too much for them I mean I know sometimes thinking about loving someone who's hurt you is like the last thing you want to do and that's important to say too is like you can't force any of this stuff like this whole concept of like you can't move on until you forgive is bullshit because I feel like moving on comes first and forgiveness comes way 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 down the line if it ever comes at all if it doesn't doesn't mean you don't love yourself absolutely not forgiveness is an internal thing it's what I said like saying I I see who you are. I see why you are the way you are. I know that you were a child once, an innocent child like all of us. And it breaks my heart that you experienced so much that made you turn into this person. Whether it's even just like no one ever telling them no. I feel like that's an issue with a lot of narcissists is like they were never told no. They never experienced boundaries and or consequences. And so they still aren't to this day. And when you lay one with them, they take it as a personal attack because they've never experienced it before foreign to them um but you don't have to write them and tell them you forgive them you don't have to let them back into your life if you forgive them because it's an energetic thing it's just cutting the karmic cord between you it's no more complicated or involved than that and that's another thing that like I feel like the programs put in place are purposefully distorted in order to control us it's the same way that like religion is taught it's taught in these really strict judgmental um fear-based paradigms that none of the people who uh created or communicated those faiths i don't think any of them had the intention for them to become what they have I think that they were just trying to do what I'm trying to do, just like spread truth, just channel source consciousness into a way other people can receive it, which is we're all antennas for source, like we're all channelers. Um, we all have the the capacity to heal one another, especially through like deep, vulnerable conversation, through sharing our own experience, for showing people how we've transcended healed recovered from our own wounds like that is the the crux of each of our purpose and mission here on this planet is to communicate the ways we've overcome um and i think that it's a it's a conscious thing that they do manipulating these lessons and these teachers and these words um in order to keep us afraid in order to keep us from growing in order to keep us from expanding from discovering and fulfilling and loving ourselves and that's really like the biggest crime of all (laughs) because I really truly believe that there's genius in each of us that we are like our fingerprints completely unique and individual think about it no one else experiences the world as you do 
And you have no way of knowing how anyone else is experiencing the world. How do you know that your green is the same color as everyone else's green? How do you know that the way you see the clouds or the sky or one another? Have you ever had someone like tell you something about yourself that you never realized before? And how trippy that is? It's like, whoa, people perceive me. Whoa, I'm a physical being on this planet. Whoa, like I can't control how other people, how I view myself is inherently different from how other people view me. It's like the same thing as how your voice sounds different inside your head than when you hear it on a recording, you know? And the only way that we can know one another's experiences is by listening and communicating. And that is what we're worst at. I think right now at this time Um, because we're so identified with the way that we see the world that we really truly have a hard time letting anyone else's experience be different and that's not really a kind or loving thing to do is it so long story long I'm gonna wrap this up here Um, thank you so much for listening I hope that this was all coherent and made sense. And I hope that this encourages you and inspires you to walk away from anything that isn't in alignment with your true self. Anything that makes you feel self-conscious or small or limited or doubtful or shameful or guilty any of those low vibrational energies anything that hurts you anything that tears you down um anything that doesn't bring you joy truly i hope that you find the courage and the strength to walk away from it and i hope that in its place things that are truly in alignment with you come in things that are loving things that are energizing things that make you feel passionate things that make you feel alive things that make you feel whole things that help you heal um things that make you feel like you want to be your best version and the things that make it easy to be that best version have you ever notice that some people just bring out your lower qualities and some people just bring out your your higher qualities gravitate towards the people who make your inner child feel safe gravitate towards the people who make you be more loving because you're safe to be that way you're not protect protecting yourself gravitate towards the people who can have a conversation that doesn't involve gossip or um you know, other kind of low vibrational habits or, you know, ways of feeling superior that don't, don't gravitate towards things that only feed your ego, you know, gravitate towards what is love and become love yourself in every day, in every moment, just try to become more love. I love you so much. I feel your energy and I'm so grateful to be connecting with you. I'm going to try to drop these once a week. So hold me to that. Please like let me know how this touched you and if this helped you at all. And if this mirrors any experiences in your own life, you can email me at walkonmychild.gmail.com. You can follow me at in, on Instagram at Brit Theodore Cannon, um, and I'm on Twitter at at Brit Theo Cannon. I hope to speak to you soon and have a wonderful day. Beware of anyone who tries to stop you.